From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 213, for the week of October 31st, 2013. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition was brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Mulata-Willie, and Michael Bowling. In this segment, Nancy continues her discussion of Legoland. Nancy? Hey! Hey! So, so we, we kind of got halfway through the park last time. We did. We rather tediously danced around the entire park Woo-hoo. in sort of the anal retentive fashion a first time, a first time mom who had young kids would, would do it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to try and go through this, the rest of it, not quite as tediously. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Well, we have so much to cover about Legoland. It's such a different experience than a Disney experience. So, and, you know, and the people who are going here are the people with the smaller kids. You know, you're not necessarily going here on your honeymoon unless you're that much of a Lego geek. (laughs) And then we're surprised you, never mind. (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) Surprised you found someone. Um, Okay, so where did we leave off? Okay, we had gone clockwise around the park from the entrance, and we had covered um, we'd covered Dino Island, Duplo Village, and Fun Town. Fun Town, as well as as talked a little bit about how to get there and stuff. So, and some tips about using your tickets. So now we're going to cover the remaining areas. Okay. Of the park, and then talk a little bit about the hotel, hopefully, if we have a little time. So, and if we don't have time, Tom's going to kill me. So. Edit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, we've gone around the park. We've gotten ourselves to, all the way to the entrance of the water park, which is located between Fun Town and Pirate Shores. Now, at this point, you could, you know, use your ticket and go into the water park, or you could keep going around. So let's let's continue to do this. Pirate Shores encompasses a lot of water rides um, and water-themed rides. There are boats to putter about in. There are boats to fling around in. What do you mean by around? You'll see. <laughs> it's something I won't ride personally, but <laughs> there you go. Um, there is even a wonderful splash battle area with a couple different rides that actually require the need of family dryers. So, if you plan on playing in the pirate area a lot, I would ta- I would definitely not wear jeans because you're going to want something you can dry off pretty quickly and easily in. And bring swimsuits for the kids because this is a wet one. Okay, so starting off, we have boats that are not on a track. They are called... They It is just called simply the... Wow, they don't even consider their little, um, they don't even consider their little boat ride on, uh, 
non-tracked boats to be in Pirate Shores. Very odd. Okay. Anyway, drive a boat. Don't run into anybody else. Aww. If you start behind someone, you may finish the ride in, you may finish the little boat trail in front of the people you're behind. Are it's they like bumper boats? No. They are small boats which can be piloted, uh, depending on your, the size of your child. Um, Zoe is big enough to go alone. She's eight and 47 or 48 inches. So she is old enough to pilot one of these by herself. And they're two-man boats. So and is this you, Skipper School? Yes, that- Skipper School. Thank okay. you. I cannot find the name. Okay. And it's really cute. You go past all these little Lego things on a, on a little windy track. One of the things I feel it's important to say about a lot of the Legoland rides is they are very slow. And it takes longer to get through the lines because they are very slow. These boats are no exception. They are slow. It's kind of like why Disneyland got rid of the Phantom Boats. Enough said? Mm-hmm. Now, this, the other thing about this area is they do have a PlayStation in the queue. Like a lot of the Legoland rides, there are little break sections where if your kids are tired of standing in these uber-long rides lines because the rides are slow, they can... Um, be placed into like a little corral that has plenty of Lego building stations. Remember how we, we talked about, you know, Lego, bowls of Lego as far as the eyes can see? That's another one of, example of one of these great little building station areas. And then when you get to closer to the front of the ride, you can actually, um, get your kids out of the pen and, and have them rejoin you in line. So, not a bad deal to have those around. Across the way from uh, Skipper School is Captain Cranky's Challenge. And remember <laughs> is when that I my talk- ride? Huh? <laughs> That's my attraction, isn't it? <laughs> this is the one I won't ride. Um, you're basically sitting in a small pirate boat, and it's on an it's another take on one of those ship rides that goes back and forth. Uh, Although when it gets to the top of the arc, it turns. So you're going oh. and going up. It's a standard carnival ride. That was a fun ride. Okay, um, I know which one you're talking about. Don't they have one? Don't they have one similar to that at Knotts? They used to in in Snoopy's in the Snoopy area. This one looks like it holds about 24 to 30 passengers. Okay. And so it's not bad. Um, and the Legos around it are really pretty cute. Um, Captain Cranky is exactly that. He's cranking a machine to make the boat go back and forth. So that's why it's called Captain Cranky's Challenge. If that's all well and good for you, you can move on to the biggest attraction, which is known as Pirate Reef. And the splash battle. Now, Pirate Reef is Pirate Reef is a is how do you explain Pirate Reef? Every a lot of regular theme parks have the infamous plunge boats. They hold about 
you know, 20 people or so, and they go up a track, they go around, and they come down and make a giant wall of water. Like the perilous plunge used to be it. Yep. Well, this is kind of fun. Take two giant Lego pirate ships, put a bunch of, of park guests on them, Give them water cannons to shoot at each other. Nice. The people who are coming down the wave-generating splash. And you get Pirate Reef. Cool. And the splash battle. It actually is interesting, too, because you can access it both from being a park guest or a water park guest. So you can actually incorporate it into your water park experience without ever leaving the water park. Okay. And I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Zoe liked it. She was scared to death of it. But she was soaked, and so she had fun. <laughs> and I'm not much for, like I said, in a in our news show, down is not a standard human emotion <laughs> or, or human physiologic uh, desired experience <laughs> for me. So... I won't go on it, but there you go. So you've got you've got Pirate Reef there, and you've got the splash battle. So if you are on either one of the ships, that is that constitutes the splash battle. Now there is a bridge in in the middle of those ships. If you really really want to tick off your parents' kids, go stand there, <laughs> and then go give them a hug afterwards. Because that bridge gets soaked by that entire wall of water. Nice. Yeah. It's a 36 minimum and 42 minimum. So, next to it is Treasure Falls, your typical log ride. Which is, yeah, it's a little mini, it's a mini flume, 12 feet. So, it's not the scary big giant log ride that you would find in most parks. And the little boats look like, appear to be two or three man boats. I didn't go on that either. (laughs) And right in the middle of all these is a water splash area called uh, Swabby's Deck. (laughs) And it's actually a really cute area. It's definitely swimsuits. There is a disability play, several disability play areas. There are ramps. There's a giant bucket that will dump water over everyone. The girls really, really love this area. And if you have those under four, swim diapers. Bring your swim diapers. Now there is a very handy, uh, uh, merchandise area that sells towels right by this whole place. So they've got that market covered. The last, yes, isn't it though? (laughs) The last thing I thought was really cool and really fun in this area is this, is the, um, the splash battle. This is one of their newer attractions and it is a four person little boat. Two people sit in the front pointing forward. Two people point backward, and everyone has a water cannon that they have to crank. And there are several obstacles as your boat boat goes along the path. And there are places where the boats are in range of each other. 
And there are points where the boats are in range of water cannons that are shot by passers-by along the outside of the attraction. You will be wet on this ride. It's pretty much the best way to explain it. I thought this ride was really super cute. It had a lot of really fun um, Lego effects and Lego structures around it. So, And the queue was fun. The queue was fun. It had all kinds of little things about Lego pirates and Lego and how to be a pirate and pirate advice and, and everything. I would say that this is definitely one of the don't miss with your family um, areas of pirate pirate shores. So, leaving pirate shores, you will pass. Remember those games I told you about in the last episode? Yeah, there's lots of them in this vicinity. So there's a lot of options for you to spend extra money, especially as you head up the hill to Castle Hill. You have a point where you can either go down into to Miniland here or go up to Castle Hill. Now, Castle Hill is obviously um, referring to the very very popular line of Lego toys that was um, the Lego Castle Collection or the King King's something or other. Um, besides being, you know, everybody's you know medieval fantasy come true as far as Lego building goes, they explored you know some of the myths of wizards and and other aspects. As you go up to Castle Hill, there's a golf miniature golf course on the right. That is an extra charge. But one of the coolest parts of Castle Hill is the big, 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 giant um, hideaways. Um, yeah, the hideaways. It is the playground beyond all playgrounds. Cool. You could spend hours here and it's the perfect place to take your kids to get them to run off a bit of steam. My husband even had fun running up and down all the different levels. It's like three or four different levels. I don't know how many slides are on this. I lost count of the various slides. There's too many cool aspects to it and it's very multi-level. Um, wooden catwalks, rope ladders, and the rope ladder sections, you know how when you go into um, DCA's, um, oh my God. Redwood Creek Challenge Trail. Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, thank you. You know how you go up to the fire towers and you can either go up via stairs on one side or via the rope climb? Right. On the other, you can. I guess, or is that just a down? No, that's either up or down. Okay, it is either up or down. Well, this has more, it's not quite that big of a rope thing or that type of a rope thing, but it's actually much safer. You go from padded level into padded level and then up, so you're kind of snaking your way up the padded levels. There are several of those through this thing. It's just one big, giant, massive, fun structure. So... Very much worth checking out. We didn't do it the first time we went, and we did it this last time, and and it was really actually very enjoyable. The rest of Castle Hill, I found, is either too young 
or too old as far as attractions go. There's the Royal Joust, which is for kids under a certain height. This is another one of those where we let the girls get in the line by themselves while we stood outside the queue area. And they have to be, what's the height? I want to say they can't be any more than 12 years. It's kind of like in Redwood Challenge on riding the, um, riding the zip line there. Right. Your max age is 12 years. You have to be above four years. So you can sit on the horse by yourself and minimum of 36 inches. It's really cute. They ride little rocking horses all around back and forth. It snakes through the track. There's lots of angles to get really great pictures of them on the horses in different aspects. Fun all around little kid ride. The diametrically opposite of this is the Royal Joust. I mean, not the Royal Joust, the um, Knight's Challenge. Knight's, Knight's Tournament. Tourna- Knight's Tournament, I'm sorry. Having a moment. The Knight's Tournament is very similar to some of all fears in um, Walt Disney World in, in, in Epcot. It is a robotic arm ride, which uh, each robotic arm has two seats. You can program your level of action, if you will. And they have some, um, they have some pre-designed intensity of ride experiences. So you can, you know, if you want just the basic, it does just a couple things. And if you want to go crazy, you, welcome to it. Minimum 40 inches, um, 55 inches to, uh, as an adult accompaniment. And you definitely need an adult. So it's, but there is a height limit and a weight limit. So six foot four is the height and 220 is the weight. And you can do a parent swap on this. So that's something we haven't talked about. Legoland has parent swap. We're familiar with it at Disneyland. Uh, I think they now call it what, rider switch? Something like that. Is that the correct term now, Tom? As opposed to the baby swap. Right. Okay. So basically you tell them with, with parent swap in Legoland, you tell them when you get to the, to the front of the line, everybody has to wait in line together. When you get to the front, you tell the person who lets you onto the ride and then they will do the accommodation and switch right after. So it's not like some of the attractions in Disneyland where you actually have to come out and then you have to go back in. They actually do the switch at the track point or at the the exit point of the ride. So once again, you have to have, if you're under 55, you have to have um, an accompany, you have to be accompanied by a responsible rider. So... It looks fun. I'm not going to go on it anytime soon. But it's got this really cool giant Lego dragon right in front of it, which is awesome. And it's kind of fun just to sit up at the top of the hill because it's kind of located in a, a slight crevice or valley. It's fun to sit there and just watch people get on these things and watch them go. And their heads are covered during the attraction, I think. 
I know they're strapped in. But it's a very interesting version, and they have a video of it on their site. Pretty much the rest of Castle Hill is food and shopping. So just not a whole lot there. Moving, and then we start moving down the hill. And you get into your land of adventure. The land of adventure is pretty cool. This is based on like all the Indiana Jonesoid type, um, type Lego series as they've had in the past. And you have some fun little rides like, um, like the Beetle Bounce, which is kind of like a smaller version of, well, the Malaboomer. Only it's like 15 feet tall. So you've got that. You've got a little plane ride where the planes go around a little short track called car, called um, Cargo Ace. All, you know, for small children. Then you've got a couple really fun things. You've got, my girls love the giant slide, the Dune Raiders. And there's the monkey climb, which is like a giant, you know, which is one of those um, giant $3, you know, wall climbing things, kind of like the fire tower rescue. But our favorites were definitely the Pharaoh's Revenge. where it's another one of those play areas where you can send your kids in to give them a lot of energy. But parents can fire foam balls <laughs> at anybody in the in the, the sort of enclosure. Nice. <laughs> so you can really uh, have a little fun and, and take it out and take your fr- your daily frustrations out on your children. How many times did you go back to there, Nancy? <laughs> um, Ian, Ian went in there. Ian, Ian did that with the kids while we waited for what we thought was one of the more exciting and fun areas of the park called the Lost Kingdom Adventure. I love that one. That is so much fun. It's a giant Egyptian temple. And it's right next to the, um, the Pharaoh's, Re- Pharaoh's Revenge. And it is, I would describe this as a mix between Indiana Jones and Buzz Lightyear. Okay. It is a shooting gallery. You're in a little jeep, and you're you you're in a ride through shooting gallery, but you're going through the temple and helping your archaeologists. It's cute. It's seriously cute. The girls were afraid it was going to be scary, and I said no, and I was right. So how did they like it? They loved it. Zoe really, really had a good time. When we went the first time, Nikki didn't like it so much. Her uh, gun didn't work. (laughs) And if you tell them your gun didn't work, they will be really, really nice and offer to let you run through again. But, you know, it, I, I found they were really help, the cat, the model citizens were very helpful during a lot of, a lot of the the visits we had, they answered questions. Just really fun. So, I thought that was a really good area. Like I said, 
it definitely suits the demographic of young children to older children in there. It's not quite as diametrically opposed, however, as Castle Hill. The big area where the the older kids are going to have fun, though, is in kind of the final area, and that's the imagination zone. Here you've got the wave ra- the Aquazone Wave Racers, which we loved. You've got the Bionicle Blaster, which is, I guess, if you want to call it, how to describe the Bionicle Blaster? Okay. The, my girls loved it. It was the teacups. <laughs> Pretty much, I wouldn't write it, but they loved it. Loved it. The actual centerpiece of this area is the Lego Technic Coaster. Oh, my God. I totally forgot the Dragon Coaster in Castle Hill. Their furnace piece, which we never went on, is the Dragon Coaster. And it has some really neat indoor as well as outdoor um, areas. It's, I would say this one, the Dragon Coaster seemed, Mary Jo, you wrote it, didn't you? I wrote it. I know I wrote one coaster, but I don't remember the name of it. But I don't remember an indoor part to it. It's got a, it's got an indoor part where you, you start off going through the castle. And then you go into the outer coaster part. I would say that this one is more like the one you guys rode at Knott's, only, of course, not so big. Um, what was the one you guys rode? Like Jaguar. Jaguar. Jaguar? Yeah. Sweeping, big sweeping areas, but with a Lego touch of fun. And that's between 40 and 48 inches um, for height. So, I can't believe I forgot that one. How would I do that? Because I'm having a moment. Uh. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so back to our other area. What did I say? The area the kids would have fun. The Technic Coaster is really fun. I would call the Technic Coaster kind of a really giant version of Mulholland Madness slash Goofy Sky School. Okay. You've got a couple much larger drops than you would have in Mulholland Mall. Say, take um, take Goofy Sky School and multiply it by two or three times, wow. and you've got the Technic Coaster. You've got the same little mouse style of a cup of four people in the car, and you've got the dip. The, you've got the swirly track back and forth on the top. You've got the dip that comes back up to the second level. All that stuff. So that's what I would call that one. A little, a little less tame. My children wouldn't go on something that tall. But all in all, it's not too bad. I don't think. It's more of a challenge than Goofy Sky School, definitely. As far as kids getting their guts up to go on it. Now, the key in um, some of this, uh, some of the other areas in here, in this particular section of the park, is that there are lots of areas to talk about their video games and to play their video games. There is um, a building and testing area, 
which is kind of fun. And you can um, build some of the more advanced styles of Lego where you've got moving parts, you've got wheels, you know, you're building real vehicles. And you can race them. You can learn from, you know, heavier builders, you know, more experienced builders, stuff like that. Kind of like... um kind of like having a Boy Scout Derby in some ways. Also really cool here, this is where they actually built the largest Lego um, ever created, which is their X-Wing Starfighter. It is very cool and very, very, very big. And it's always good over good to run up there and look at it. And they have, of course, a... Um, you know, a rebel soldier figure, minifig built in a very large scale for you to pose with and stuff. Lots of food in this area. You have to get through the food to get to the final pieces. And one of the final pieces is that wave rider I told you about. I thought this was a lot of fun. It was like kind of riding a stand-up jet ski. It goes around in circles. Um, it's an interesting ride to um, go up and into because the the queue has to take you above part of the ride and then bring you down into the middle of it, kind of like on Grizzly River Rapids, how you board the how you board the rafts. You have to go over and above before you can go down into them, and you have control of how your jet ski moves, how how far, how fast, what angle. You can actually get a little bit of, of a whip feeling, depending on how you play it. The other challenge here is that there are people standing along the rail, watching the attraction, pushing buttons that shoot off water cannons by you. So you can get yourself soaked. So keep that in mind. At this point, we've gotten through most of the um, most of the attractions, except for the. Boy, I just can't get myself together here today. Um, we've got a 4D movie uh, called Lego Legends of Chima, which is about animal warriors um, who try and fight over the energy source of their planet, which is Chi. Now, apparently this has become quite the popular series. As I mentioned in the last show, they've got a television a television series based on this, and they're actually now building a water park based on this particular branding. So I'm expecting they think this is going to be something that's going to last for years. Who knows? You've got a lava la- a lava lion prince and a crocodile prince and a wolf prince and all this other stuff. So they've been starting to release the plans for that water park too. But it seems fun. It seems you know they have a Chima movie if you want to look at it. And so that's pretty much the last thing in this area. This brings us back around to the front. And the one attraction I did not talk about last time that is at the front, but the entrance to it is located back um, on this side, is 
be the cruise. The coast cruise. The coast cruise. Thank you, Michael. The coast cruise is just that one relaxing place where you can sit down in a very large boat and stroll along the river. I really liked the Coast Cruise. They have a few Lego pieces and structures that are made to be viewed especially from the Coast Cruise, such as the Eiffel Tower, the Sydney Opera House, and a few other pieces. You also get a really unique perspective on some of Miniland, which is the centrally located hub with all of the reproductions of Vegas, New York, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, um, New Orleans, and San Francisco and the like. Great views, just a chance to relax. The water isn't deep, the boat doesn't go fast, but it's just, it's just one of those nice times. You know, it kind of seemed to me like, it's not like riding the Jungle Cruise, but it's sort of like driving through the safari in Animal Kingdom. Before it does all kinds of weird things and bumps all over. (laughs) You've got a guide who's, you've got a guide who's telling you about the different Lego pieces, giving you lots of facts and statistics and things like that. So there you go. There is your look at the attractions available to you at Legoland. Cool. Now we'll talk about dining in another show from, from both the park and the hotel. But I'm going to cover real quick, um, moving on to the hotel next, because the hotel is the next really important part. But there's not enough to do a whole segment on it. So first off, the Legoland Hotel has pricing roughly akin... Oh, let's let's talk about pricing for Legoland itself. Oh, my God. How did we not do that on last Because you had just came in from Legoland. Oh, you know, that's probably a good reason. (laughs) I was probably as fried as I am today after a very long birthday party with my daughter. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So let's talk about pricing in Legoland. Definitely Legoland tickets are much cheaper than Disneyland tickets. And depending on the time of year, your value is going to be much better than others. They have two things. They have online pricing, which we kind of mentioned last time. Right. And they have walk-up pricing. The online pricing is great because you have options available to you, like getting a, buying one day and getting a second day free. Um, you also can get a wide combination of resort hoppers, which we'll talk about too. And you've got your annual pass pricing. I haven't completely figured out what's good for an annual pass pricing on this, but frankly, what I thought was the best, the best ticket was purchase seven plus days in advance. And if it's offered, the um it it also includes the um, buy one day get a day a second second day free cool so yeah so let's um let's talk about this your standard one day pass is going just for Legoland Park mm-hmm. is going to be a 
about they started seventy one dollars. If it's a one day ticket, it's going to be eighty. The seventy one dollars is is saving in advance, purchasing in advance, um, and then a two day Legoland ticket is a hundred. If you buy it on the website, that's for adults thirteen plus. Children under under three are free, and th- children three through twelve can go anywhere from sixty one dollars buying in advance to seventy for the one day and ninety for the two day. Okay, now just to disclaim on this, when you buy online hoppers and online uh, single day tickets. They're valid for one year from the date of purchase, and you may visit any day the park is open. These have no blackout dates. If you want to increase and, say, add either um, Lego Sea Life Aquarium as an add-on or the Legoland Water Park as an add-on, those tickets are actually the same if you just add on one feature. If you buy well in advance, seven plus days in advance, the adult tickets start out at 76, and you get a free day. If you're just buying a one-day water park hopper, it's 93 for adult, 83 for kids, and two-day, 108 and 98. And the ki- oh, the kids uh, buy in advance was only sixty six. So look at how much you can actually save mm-hmm. by doing a two day, by planning for two days at the park, with an overnight stay in between. And where should you stay at that overnight stay? Well, there are several. <laughs> like we mentioned last time, there are several. I was trying to segue into your hotel. Come on. I know. Okay. Well. It used to be the only hotel there was the Sheridan Legoland, and they, which actually has a back entrance into the park. But, and that actually, entrance actually comes in just to the side of the, um, play area in the castle section. But now, as of last June, the Legoland Hotel is open, and I would definitely say, if you can afford the pricing for it, it's definitely worth it. I, In fact, I would even go as far as saying, go ahead and splurge a little bit and okay. keep your eye out for special pricing. And the website is really easy to define special pricing to and to see when they have specials. When we went... We got a great special, kind of like uh, Leah did when we helped her with her segment. It was 169 a night. And so they consider this a premium hotel, kind of like Disney considers either the Paradise Pier or the Disneyland Hotel to be premium hotels. So since this is their flagship... It's going to cost you on the prime season up to the 300s, mid-300s per night. But here's what you get. You get a very uniquely themed room, and it's your choice of three different themes. You get 
a room that's not only uniquely themed and designed, but uniquely constructed for the hotel industry. What they do in these rooms is they take advantage of the room size and structure, and instead of putting the bathroom right by the entrance to the room, they actually turn around and put the bathroom in the middle, breaking your room space up into a separate living space for the kids, which has its own TV, bunk bed, and that whole nine yards, and then a queen bed in the other portion for the adults with their own television and all that. It actually worked out really well because if the kids go to bed early, because Legoland does close early, it closes at 8 o'clock in peak season, then, you know, you've got adults who can sit and talk, enjoy their patio, and not have to worry about really disrupting your kids who are sleeping in the other half of the room. So it's kind of nice. It gives you that little separation, a little bit of privacy, a little more flexibility. The Legoland Hotel also has a lot of unique features and some fun amenities. They have a really nice set of swimming pools out on the side. No major slides or anything like that, but what they do every night is they actually run poolside movies. So they'll pick one of their Lego brand uh, movies, which there are apparently many from Bionicles to Chima to superheroes, you know, Batman, all the creative little things they've come up with. And it's really nice. You can even watch, if you're lucky enough to have a first floor room, you can even watch the um, movies from your balcony or from your balcony or um, from your patio, lanai, whatever you want to call it, on the first level. Now, choosing a room and a room location is, you know, they have pool view and standard view and park view. Frankly, I wouldn't necessarily pay more for a park view. The pool view is nice because it lets you look at something other than a little back industrial area. But uh, one thing is important to know is all the rooms are straight off the same corridor. So the hotel is basically on one end is all of your... um, dining, playing, open area, and you have to walk down and around to get to the um, the room quarters. So it's long hallways. Everything's off the same hallways. And as you go up, the second floor and the third floor extend back a little ways towards the restaurant. So you've got rooms that are on top of the restaurant. Now, depending on what room theme you uh, you want. This is something I wasn't aware of till we actually got there because I couldn't find anything about this on their site. The room theme you want depend, or tells you what floor you're going to be on in the hotel. I thought originally, oh, they probably just mix them up, you know, as as the, the place goes. No. The first floor is the kingdom level rooms. 
The second floor is the adventure rooms, and the third floor um, are the pirate rooms. And it's really fun because even the hallways are involved in the theming. The hallways, the carpets, there are Lego figures in the theming. Really, really fun. And when I finally write the blog to this, you'll see exactly what I mean. We took pictures of the carpets, the wallpaper. The only thing I couldn't get the gumption up to do was to ask him if I could tour one of the other rooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from the room we had, we had a kingdom room, so we were on the first level, and we were actually fairly close to the entrance to the wing, the room wing. So we had a really short walk back and forth, but we had a lot of fun with our room. There was a drunk jester under the bed. That was our definition of it. (laughs) The carpets had what woven into them, like spilled mugs and jewels and swords laying on the floor and all kinds of cool things like that. The walls had windows painted into them, and you could see scenes out the windows. There was a dragon chasing a knight in one. Um, the bathroom had the most bizarre painting over the toilet of... I can't even remember what it was. I should have gone back and looked at my pictures. Anyway, it was very surprising, but fun. And in fact, the shower curtains even carried on the themes. And then the grown-up area was a little quieter, but it had Lego sculptures in it and not quite as much wall theming. But it did have, like, a, a coat of arms for the Lego knights, stuff like that. It was really fun. They have disclaimers in every room saying, please do not take the Lego sculptures. You will be billed for them. <laughs> So, very much of a, don't think you're running off with this. Because they make it clear right up front that they are expensive. It's good to know. I mean, I can see people wanting to take some of those home. Like I said, you also have a treasure chest. They're, the closets are open. They don't have closet doors. Which I thought was interesting. A little different. But... They Instead of having a rack and bar, you actually have two outward-facing posts to hang your hangers on. So your clothes are stacked from front to back. They could use more drawers. So just keep that in mind when you're packing to stay here, is that there just aren't a lot of drawers. Um... If you're an unpacker like me, which I have a tendency to just unpack everything. Coolest points of the hotel probably have got to be the Skyline Bar, the big giant castle play area in the lobby, the Bricks restaurant was a lot of fun. And the bathroom by the by the Bricks restaurant, right up there. I know that sounds really weird. Coming from you now. Don't judge me. 
<laughs> but even uh, we weren't prepared for how cool of an experience that was going to be going into the bathrooms. Each door was elaborately painted with Lego theming. My favorite was the red, uh, the door that had the, um, the red British phone booth and all of the people stacked up in the phone booth, little Lego minifigs. You know, it looked like a collegiate attempt to pack a phone booth. Nice. Yeah. I, I thought that was, that was the, the most fun of all the doors. But probably the biggest shock came when Lily stood in front of the kids sink and the mirror in front of her had a little Lego minifig that was like a plumber and then the other one was like a fairy. And when she went to go try and use the sink, all of a sudden this voice of the plumber and fairy started talking to her. Well, actually they were talking to each other, but it was about whoever was at the sink. It's pretty cute. It is. It was really, it was really entertaining. In the Bricks restaurant, tons of really fun and cool Lego figures of little Lego minifig chefs doing all kinds of cooking. There was, um, outside, Bricks has an inside and an outside dining area. Plenty of, um, fire, um, fire heaters outdoor, which are very prevalent out here in Southern California at nighttime, especially in the fall. You've got the outdoor heating system. Right outside of that was another one, one of those really cool Lego sculptures. You walked up to it and it actually had conversations with you if it was on. So it was kind of like talking to Roz at the end of Monsters, Inc., it was a very interactive experience. I still haven't been able to tell if it was... I looked around to try and find the push-the-trash-can driver. Right. Couldn't find the person who was theoretically operating it. So I don't know if there are code words it responds to, or if there was actually... or if I just couldn't find the person. But I thought that was very cool. The kids' play area inside... Big giant castle with a big giant pirate ship bow hanging off of the front of it. There were pits of Legos all the way around. They were having building contests. They had entertainers there for the kids. Um, it was like a princess meet and greet and an adventurer meet and greet. They had contests. I think the one while we were there was building a birthday cake. And the best one got something special at the end if they won the contest. But you had time. They announced it at the ver- in the morning, and you had time to build your Lego sculpture that day. And then they judge it at the end of the day. So it's kind of fun. If, you'd want, if you're that into Legos and participating, it's a great thing to have. Plenty of places for, the, for parents to sit. There's a whole lounge right there. You can sit while your kids are playing. There are definite, um, definite exit points of the exit and entry points of the area, so you feel pretty darn safe um, letting your kids hang out there by themselves. You know, while you're sitting in the lounge, watching, drinking. Yeah, something. Different like kind that. of lounge. Okay. No, they have a. Actually, it is a drinking lounge, and they make mm. a meat espresso there too. 
Can I just say that? But um, those were definite highlight areas. Lily, however, had her own personal highlight, and that would be the whoopee cushion by the elevators. <laughs> there is a whoopee cushion woven into the into the rug in front of the first floor elevators, and there's a little um, a little guy painted on the wall, and there's a little speech balloon that says, "Was that you?" And when you uh, step on the whippy cushion just right, all of a sudden you hear fart noises and lots of different fart noises. And then eventually the little Lego figure's voice will come out and say, Ew, you stinky pig. I can see how kids would just love that. Oh, my God. At first Lily didn't want to even go anywhere near it. And then it was like, we couldn't get her off of the thing. Ooh, you stinky <laughs> pig. <laughs> oh, no. Other highlights were the disco elevators. They have um, light effects that once the door closes, the disco party starts. They're all painted in disco theme on the inside with minifigs having a blast. It was hysterical. We, cause, you know, we had a first floor room, so we had to ride the elevators just to ride them. <laughs> and see what was on different levels. Right. Well, adults at each level take pride in seeing if they can catch you dancing. <laughs> when the elevator doors open. Cause sometimes, you know, you'll be in the middle of a bust and a move and all of a sudden the elevators are open and every single adult staring at you just looks at you and laughs and points. And you do the same thing, so it's not like every single adult gets in the elevator and dances. It's hysterical. It's really fun. Uh, they were definitely a highlight. Definitely a highlight. You're also greeted by a Lego figure in each floor, too. So how can you not love that much interaction? Right. I'll talk about the Skyline Bar later on because... It was so cool. The Lego effects in there are so cool that we just had the best time. We sat there for like an hour and a half or two hours one night just looking at everything. So it was fun. It was cool. a good time. So there we go. That is the basics on the hotel. Okay, cool. Um, just some get acquainted. Definitely look online and see if you can get the good rates. Off-season is going to be... Off season is going to be good. Also, right um, this last month, they've had brick or treat celebration, oh, and the brick, or, the brick or treat celebration actually came with um, a special admission ticket that was good between five o'clock and nine o'clock on party nights, which are Saturdays on ex- Saturdays in October, and that's an online ticket. Now, keep in mind if you're there with a regular ticket on those kinds of party or experience days, weekends, your normal Lego ticket, Legoland ticket is covers the party stuff. It's The party is not necessarily a separate ticket. They just offer a discount for locals who want to come at night. Or maybe say you're done at Disneyland and you want to experience the party, drive on down, go to the party, and then head home, back up to Disneyland. And I think it would actually be pretty fun to see that place at night. 
I think so, because it's a big park. You know, it is, and it's a pretty park. Mm -hmm. It's not an ugly park at all. So, seeing it at night, I mean, we kind of briefly saw it at night at 8 o'clock in the summer, keeping in mind that it gets dark early here which is why the park normally closes at like 5 o'clock in the, in the winter. So it was pretty at night when we, were, when we were seeing it. So I can only imagine what it's like when they've got it all lit up for Halloween and stuff. So Very there you cool. go. And I, I will definitely mention next time uh, we're going to try and go once they start having the Christmas holiday decorations. So we're going to go down there. like next yeah. week or something. So like next week yeah. or something. Yeah, I'm kidding. I, you know, I couldn't find the actual dates for it on their website yet, so I'm going to keep an eye on that. Awesome. By the time we do our next Lego segment. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, team. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all our other Disneyland shows this weekend. Of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.